Welcome to the Motherhood and Making Money podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Gillett. I'm a mum, an executive coach, and for the last seven years, I've been creating training to help more parents find work that works for them. Today, I'm joined on this week's podcast by a fabulous guest and my personal friend, Catherine from The Motherhood Instinct. Catherine supports and mentors mothers to better understand their transition to motherhood. She's on a mission to help more of us learn about matrescence and ensure that more of us are given the help and support we need to navigate this huge transition. If you enjoy this episode, please consider sharing on social as it helps more people find the podcast. And welcome to the podcast, lovely Catherine. How are you today? I am weathered today, I want to say. <laughs> That's a very good response. You had a bit of a morning. <laughs> yeah, as you know, my son, my youngest, since I've got two sons, my youngest son um, apparently is a viral rash. John oh. said viral rash. Um, he has picked up this afternoon, though. So, yeah, my entire day has just been a bit of a jiggle around but you know that's mum life I think for you isn't it hashtag mum life and she's still here what a trooper Catherine why don't you tell us a bit about who you are where you come from what you do so my name's Catherine and um, I am a birth and matrescence educator which means that I support women so support themselves through birth and the postpartum periods and then well into their motherhood so for anybody that doesn't know what matrescence is it's the term that's used to describe the transition from when you become, for becoming a mother from when a woman, so woman to mother, similarly to adolescence, when you go from child to adult, um, matrescence is of the same ilk. And yeah, just the, all the different changes that we go through and how that has an impact on um, you as a person, your motherhood journey, and sort of your entire life, really. And my passion is about getting that information to women sooner, rather than I think most mothers that I speak to are completely aware of what's happened. If they don't even have the term for it, they can relate to so much of um, the stuff I talk about regarding matrescence. But um, the women that sort of are very new postpartum or are pregnant and sort of seeking to know the truth um they're the people that I really want to sort of get this message to as well so that they can feel supported and not alone in um, in going through it because I was one of the last of my friendship group my close friendship group to have children and I thought you know I would know a bit more about it. Obviously, I wasn't a mother myself, but I'd been around it and it took me sideways. And it wasn't until I sort of discovered what matrescence was, everything fell into place because just having that word and the meaning of what it is, um, yeah, makes so, so much sense to me. So I try and get that across to everybody else. And how did you kind of come across matrescence? So my eldest son, um, he was quite sick when he was really little and we'd been sort of through the ringer a lot. Mm. But when he was six months, I think he was about six months, um, we'd just gone into lockdown. So we'd been in and out of hospital and I say 30 plus times and I, um, I'm not exaggerating. He'd had a lot of high dependency stays and a pickle stay and 
So although COVID was not welcomed, um, actually for me, it did allow me to sort of slow down and spend the time with him and probably was the best thing for him because it meant that we were isolated. So we stopped sort of catching things that were making him poorly. Mm. Um, and like everybody else, you know, I spent days, not days, because we were only allowed an hour, weren't we? An hour a day walking. Um, generally, I'd take Chester for his nap at lunchtime um, and we'd walk. And you asked me earlier from where I was from and I didn't mention it. So I'm from a place called Risker, which is in South Wales, sort of between Newport and Cardiff. And for anybody that knows the area at the time, we were living really close to the Sahari Valley Walk, which is like basically an old um, train line that now, you know, you can walk and cycle and all those things. So the surroundings were lovely. And um, yeah, I just used to walk and listen to podcasts whilst I was there. And this one day I just came across this podcast with an interview between, um, so Motherkind was the podcast I was listening to and she was interviewing somebody called Amy Taylor Kabaz who um, is sort of the matrescence activist and yeah it was just this conversation where she described matrescence and I think I cried because it was like finally somebody knew what I was going through mm. um yeah such an such an important thing I think plus I think for me I didn't find it till much later much much later like when I was probably out of the really young child stage maybe if I'd have had a second child you know it would have been really beneficial for me but I think you know I realized well I realized straight away what was going on but I didn't have that kind of word terminology for it but also the confidence to really talk about it because I felt like what if I say some of the things <laughs> that I've got going on inside me I don't want people to think that you know I'm a horrible person or that there's something really bad going on with you know inside of me but it was just a lot just the change just the change just having that change of of pace and of it touches every part of your life you know suddenly becoming a parent to somebody and yeah. you're so unprepared for it <laughs> no matter how prepared you are you're so unprepared for it yeah and I think that's um that's part of understanding the matrescence and you know if you've got the the words to describe what's going on and also like the I want to say understanding again but I've said that word a lot you know if then you would have known I would yeah. like to think that those thoughts are really normal and actually as long as you're speaking to the right people they're not judging you they don't think that you're a bad mum and when I say speaking to the right people, that's like the majority of the population. And I think when you're certainly in that new stage, you're given so much information, it is overkill. And you don't know whether you're coming or going because it's all conflicting around everything to do with you and your child. And I really just want women to feel supported in that transition and really like know that they know themselves and their child the best because I mentioned earlier about Chester being in um in intensive care and that was the moment for me that I started feeling like actually I'm his mum and I'm going to make these decisions so he was like five and a half months at that time 
because before then I just kept thinking, well, I've never done this before. Everybody else must know better. I must get everybody else's opinion. And it's not, it's not like that because they tell me and I think, well, I don't want to do like that. So, you know, you've sort of got to learn to listen to yourself and to your instincts. Um, and I think going back to what you said around, you think it hit you later. There's no like hard and fast rule. So although predominantly that's the area that I work in, you know, they, people just don't even realise or even they're just like a duck to water because there are some women out there that are a duck to water in that early stage and you know it's everything they ever wanted and they just set up their life to do that don't get me wrong I'm sure they get hard days as well but you know their purpose at that time is to be a mother and um but it may be then when they go to the child goes to school it might be a case of well that transition for the mum well like all of a sudden what are they going to do because now the child's in school so everything I was doing beforehand that shifts now yeah. because they're not with me between the hours of nine and three or even like as late as um you know going off to university when they've flown the nest and so as much as I talk about it in that like that first phase it doesn't always happen there and also it can just keep coming up you know like the I talk about the journey of motherhood as a lot of people do because that's what it is like you know it's never it's not like right now we're here because it's constantly changing um so yeah again some of the the intricacies around matrescence um help understand those later stages as well mm. what do you think I mean obviously you had you were with a young baby in COVID and a lot of people will I think will really resonate with that any of us who had kids in COVID particularly I think people who went through pregnancies and having their babies during COVID such a it must have been such a strange time to try and navigate that journey and well strange and I suppose could be could have been brilliant again like you were saying in some other in some ways but I'm thinking about the community aspect of you know now we live in very digital very isolated times and this concept of I suppose I want to say like the village which I always felt like well where is it (laughs) like I'm in a village where are they I'll stand outside with a placard like come on I thought this was going to be easier I think like I thought you know having a child or having a baby becoming a mother I would fall into this new community and I did in a way you know I absolutely did I, I you know I found my feet in some respects but I almost expected to be enveloped with a community of women who were going to help me navigate what this looked like and I was like it's not really there or you've got to work really hard actually to get it so how important do you think it is for women in in that sense of you know we're thinking about matrescence to be surrounded by a community of women mothers or not who can support them through that those those that stage yeah I think this is funny actually I was um, at a group last week talking to mums and there were two friends there their children were I think 18 months and they basically said without each other they don't feel like they would have gotten through and we were chatting through matrescence and 
um, and they they were basically saying well why didn't somebody tell me this before I was asking that and I think that the community element of knowing that other people are going through it and or experiencing things that you're experiencing I think is really important um, I think though that in that becomes a lot of falseness unless there are like that certain friendship because I think my experience because obviously we didn't go into lockdown I went to a couple of baby groups when Chester was really small and my experience and even now when I go later I mean my youngest is 18 months so we still sort of go to these groups it's very much all the the things you expect like oh how they feed and how they sleep in and all those things and and understandably you don't want to let your guard down necessarily and air all your dirty laundry to somebody that you barely know um, and I so I feel like there is this element of that so although people say you know go to the groups and get um, submerge yourself with like other mothers they understand I think it's few and far between where you find that person or those people that you really connect with in a way that would say, do you know what, I'll hold the baby, you go and sleep for 20 minutes. And in amongst all of, you know, my two children, I have one, one friend I've met since that has sort of become that person with me. Um, I think in terms of like a village and other people around you, now it is really hard like so many people are parenting on their own because they've moved away from you know family and things like that and I'll be completely honest I hope nobody else in my family listens to this but I've got both parents my partner's got both parents and truly honestly the only person we can rely on is my mum so the other grandparents love to come and visit, but I would never today, the person that's come to rescue me so I can do this is my mum. And even if I asked the others, it becomes a big thing. Like, oh, well, I don't know, could I fit it? Like we're, I suppose that's a lot of a mum's job, isn't it? So she's still being my mum 30 yeah. odd years later. Um, so I think even for people that are surrounded, you just expect it to get on with it. And I don't know whether it's like the generation before us. So when we talk in about like the Trescents and sort of how we've ended up to where we are in Mothering, um, I won't go too much into it because I could talk for ages, but basically, you know, like <laughs> you used to have the community of women and, you know, in the back lane, people knitting, looking after the kids in the street because that was life and the men were out at war or, you know, up at the coal mines where we are. And, but they, was, they, they were striving for more or, you know, in the seventies when it all kicked off for, for women and wanting sort of equal pay and equal rights and all that, which I am completely behind. But it was this, you know, we can do it all and then realistically we can't like you know you just so with that I think it, it became this pressure that 
you know, all these opportunities that are out there for women now. And, you know, you're going to, you could be a CEO and still like, just like the man down the road. And so our parents had that on them and did, and, you know, went and got those things. And that sort of filtered down to us as well. But life has changed. And so society and everything hasn't caught up in that. Um, and then, yeah. And then, like I say, the, so the communities sort of dropped away the society and the don't get me started on government childcare. Okay. Um we'll like, be, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> you know, like it's just there's so much benefit in it, but we're so far removed from true, like true community where you can be completely yourself, where you know that someone's gonna pick up the pieces and where you could literally just hand over your child and say I'll be back in a minute and know that they're in safe hands yeah I don't know how we get back I mean I've never really been there but you know I don't know how we get back to that time no it's a really interesting thing that you bring up about the you know having it all structure which you know which is we're supposed to be so wildly grateful that we you know, can do so much more than we could do years ago. Of course, of course we are. But actually, like you say, it's so it's still really flipping difficult for us to do it. And we are, if we are not seen to be striving to do that and also being doing brilliantly in all other areas of our lives, we're some kind of failure because we haven't made the most of all the opportunities that have been afforded to us. And I, I think I've spoken like, tons of times really about the fact that yeah there's loads of opportunities and you know can we have it all should we have it all do we want to have it all like I don't want to have it all right now like I'm exhausted I'm like this in that seasonal kind of space where you go there are times where certain things take priority and it's really difficult to manage you know with the constructs that we are given that don't help us to excel in certain areas like childcare, you know, and, and on a different tangent, this podcast obviously links up with the social enterprise that I run and I've been in meetings all week about funding. So we offer um, free support to parents to look at starting a business or reskilling to enter the workplace. And my constant battle for the last five years has been that nobody, nobody, sees the value monetary value in supporting parents in any way if i chose any other group they they would literally would help me it's because of this and, and everyone i sit with says couldn't you just work with someone else couldn't you widen it out to something else and no matter how many numbers i show them and they're like that's great and so like we're sitting at the moment with a number of 837 people waiting for support and training and nobody nobody not government not corporate not anything is interested in funding those people and you have to think like what is it about parenthood about parenting motherhood raising children that is so throwaway for like the society that we live in when realistically you know we all know how important it is we're just not willing to go out of our way to do anything about it well people like you are um but <laughs> you know when we live in a society where people do not value mothers yeah. what hope you know do we have yeah. it's such a tricky 
a tricky space to be in when people are making decisions about how we work, how we earn, how we live, what our options for our children are. And none of us are up there being allowed to, <laughs> to have the input to make those decisions. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it's frustrating, I think, isn't it? Like that. Well, yeah, you said the value. There's just no value in motherhood. And I think, again, you know, people that are mothers that are in the workforce and potentially even quite high up in the workforce that would have some of the influence on that. Some of them are possibly scared that they won't be seen with the, um, you know, expert, not the expertise, but the credentials, you know, if they were champions, championing this and it's getting very political, isn't it? Um, but, <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> I think like, and just alone for me, my youngest, you know, I think he's gone to nursery now, probably about seven or eight months, maybe a little bit longer. And we've had two increase of fees since. And the last increase was six pound a day. Now, when you think, oh, six pound a day is not much, but I, I work a corporate job as well. So, for those three days that he's in that private nursery, you know, it's extra twenty pounds, give or take a week. Yeah, it's just, and um, yeah, it's just, and it's not on the nursery. You know, they're doing their best to try and, you know, staff the place and obviously give them whatever they need. Other costs have gone up, haven't they? That we're all sort of seeing around food and heating and all those things, and obviously that has an impact. And yeah, it's just again, nobody really tells you this. And it's like another thing, and I funny enough, I had this conversation with my partner last night or the night before around like, did you always want to be a dad? And I think this about myself, did I always want to be a mum? And the answer is yes, but more because I think it was just what I thought was the next step. And I do sometimes question myself now and think if I knew then what I know now, would the outcome be different? Yeah. Um, because again, I think you don't really understand what's going on for others until you're in the thick of it and I think and I think it's really easy as well for people as they get further away yeah. to forget absolutely you forget the season you totally forget the season and, and and that's probably because you're dealing with something else isn't it so you know you've got to navigate that like I am really sort of not looking forward to trying to navigate the whole social media world with my children um but yeah, so you, it's not intentional, but the support should be there throughout the entire of like the mothering part, certainly yeah. until, you know, the child is sort of through adolescence because yeah, we're sh basically we're shaping the future, aren't we? And I do, I don't know the exact figures and things, but there is, there's been a study, obviously we, so now we are not producing as many children because of all these reasons. Yeah. So at what point does our society, like, so it's becoming a societal thing, like an economical thing, because it won't be enough people in the population to be able to do what we need them to do. Yeah. And that, that blows my mind. Like, why, why can't people that have got the impact, you know, got 
oh, I don't know what they did, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Why can't they see it? Or if they can see it, why are they choosing to ignore it and prioritize other things? And anyway, I will stop now. Sorry. It was great. It was a great moment. I love these chats. <laughs> For someone who's listening and is like, you know, I'm in that stage. I'm there. I'm recognizing that I'm going through my kind of like matrescence journey for want of a better word what kind of things can they do or should they be looking out for to really support themselves through this time would you say um I think first of all the awareness of it is the first step and realizing that it's completely normal I think the first thing is just be kind to yourself um and I say just to be kind to yourself, like that's an easy thing to do. But it takes practice, it really does. And I think, you know, when something's not how you've pictured it to be, or, you know, you're in a situation where you've not reacted the way you wanted to or thought you would and all those sorts of things, just take a moment and really maybe a, a deep breath or close your eyes for a minute and just really sort of honor yourself because it's really hard really hard and when we put ourselves on the back foot by being you know it's called like it's called your inner mean manner you can use lots of different words but you know that oh i'm a rubbish member inside yeah. then you're no good to anybody really and it's not that you're a rubbish mum you know you're human and you've just been pulled in all different directions and so yeah just be kind to yourself in terms of like actual practical steps um I honestly the other day I was walking and I as a child it took me back to as a child I like to watch the clouds and so just moments that can either take you back to childhood so that you feel freer or that it just brings sort of a moment of calm. And it wasn't until this time I just thought, and I've recently started doing it again and, I, and it, the penny dropped. I was like, this is why it brings me this peace and calm. I remember like in the summer holidays, lying on the pavement outside my house, watching the clouds, thinking I was all zen, you know, like, and and it does bring me back to Kana. So just finding something and it could be anything. I think that's what's really important because everybody's different. And what you, what works for me, watching the clouds or, you know, just taking a couple of deep breaths may be different for somebody else. So just explore what it could be for you. The other thing that I do really like doing, so I've got, it's just over 18 months and a three and a half year old. And I used to really resist this. So sometimes like stop resisting and go with it. So he would shout in the car. And I was just, so one day I just joined in. It's like, come on, let's shout it all out. And we just had this massive like, ah, and then it was his turn. And then it was my turn. And it was his turn. And then it was my turn. And it become more, it becomes more of a game. The other thing that I do quite regularly and with my children as well is I shake. So I shake sort of from bottom to top because obviously all the energy gets, oh, do you know? And you can be as silly as you want to be. And 
obviously it depends on the age of your child because if you've got a really a really small baby they well they'll live to see you but (laughs) you know with the toddler in tow as well it's just fun and but it it replenishes me and brings me back to right now I can get on with doing whatever that horrible task was or you know I don't you feel less negativity towards whatever the situation is yeah absolutely so important I think I can definitely recognize that I wasn't in a stage of I was a bit of a martyr to be honest with you in my early motherhood years um I always say to people like my child god love him and he's a great ball of energy did not sleep through the night until he went to primary school and um the impact that that had on those four years was massive you know and everyone has their thing right and I still get it now where people go to me oh my my child was an awful sleeper as well and I was like no my child woke up every two hours from when he was a newborn until he was four and a half years old like never ever did he sleep more than two hours and he didn't nap he never he didn't nap from when he was a few months old and he would be awake all day and I thought it was fine because it would get him to sleep at night but nothing did and so he was also just awake all the time and by the time I was getting him to bed you know I was dead on my feet that's the knock-on effect that that had you know for years I look at photos of myself now and I'm like I don't know how you survive like how you were surviving because I can remember there being days where I couldn't get in the car because I knew I would be dangerous to to drive I just was surviving on so little you know so little sleep yeah yeah it's it's hard it is isn't I think sleep deprivation is such a real thing like people that is what people I suppose do talk about before you know make sure you get in as much sleep as you can there because you're not going to sleep when the baby's born and I think people then do think oh well after a couple of months it'll be fine um but I can concur mine's not quite every two hours but my three and a half year old still doesn't sleep through the night and my 18 month old he sleeps with me and still doesn't sleep through the night so (laughs) I remember people used to say like well maybe you shouldn't have him in bed with you I was thinking have you you got up every night two or every two hours for the last three years the child is sleeping with me (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that's it isn't it you do I think as well like detach him from what you thought it was going to be like to like let trying to let that go because I I think I did a podcast on this you know I never thought I'd be a co-sleeper and I have slept with both of mine I mean Logan since he was two days old and Chester was a little bit later than that but um yeah because it survival survival mode kicks in and you do you have to do whatever you can do can, can do to help yourself um, and yeah, so sleep deprivation is a form of torture, isn't it? And I think Absolutely. when you're in the depths of it, you understand why. Because even like like the hallucinations and the oh I yeah, mean, it's not. I'm not. I'm I'm not quite there because, yeah. like I say, they sleep with me, and we do we don't get every two hours. But um, it's so it is so hard. And then to try, I think then when you think about like going back to work, and the workplace expects you to be the same person you were before just with a child yeah. and that's clearly not the put and and or they might think well she might not want to go for promotion because you know his priorities have changed but it's not even about that it's about everything else as well just feeling you know part of the team again and if you work within a team obviously um you know the juggle the juggle yeah. when they're sick or when and I, 
I think that's been made slightly easier in a lot of roles because of um, you know at home working. Yeah. But you can't work well. <laughs> did in COVID, didn't they? I was thinking, yeah. like, if I'd have just had my eighteen month old, you know, he's not just going to sit there. Maybe yeah. for an episode of Tractor Ted, but he's not going to sit there for an hour. And yeah, honestly, I could talk all day, and I have no idea what the time is. <laughs> We've talked, but no, it's fantastic. It's such an interesting conversation and I'm so pleased. Like we've all got our stories. You've, if you've birthed a child here, you'll have your own story. Yeah. I think we were all, this touches so many of us. And so the more people who are doing, you know, talking about it, working in it and just giving women a space is fantastic. So where can people find out more about all the fantastic things you do? Catherine Pritchard. Thank you. Um, so my business is called The Motherhood Instinct and um, I run predominantly online workshops um, and courses. So some are aimed at just around matrescence and then I've got two separate courses that are specifically for um, prenatal and postnatal. Um, in the prenatal side of things, as well as covering a bit of matrescence, it is like the antenatal things of how to prepare for the birth as well but my main aim is to sort of like I say help you support yourself and um, I've also got a podcast which is called finding your motherhood instinct so like I mentioned there's different snippets of my experience on there I've also got um some interviews some you know some guest appearances and yeah so my website is www.themotherhoodinstinct.co.uk and then I'm on Instagram and Facebook at The Motherhood Instinct. Fabulous Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today, it has been a wonder. Thank you for having me.